Hey, I, I, uh, I was on a, a monster truck podcast. This was months ago. And they asked me to, you know, they're like, Hey, you can make a commercial. And I was just like, well, what are we going to say? They're like, I don't know. Just type something out. Type something out. So I, I should, I should read that on here. Um, as a commercial, just it's kind of funny. Let me see if I can find what I said here. So, my advertisement is J Concepts, the leader in radio control oh. tires, wheels. What? Is that how you started it? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I wasn't listening. All right. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> J Concepts. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't do this. Good. Now it's because. <laughs> All right, ready? <laughs> J Concepts, the leader in radio control, tires, wheels, bodies, and accessories, is a proud supporter of the Radio Impound podcast. When it comes to upgrading your radio control vehicle, choose J Concepts, world proven innovation and design. Okay. Cut. Cut. Right there. Did we get it? We got it, Let's sir. Do it live. Let's do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Hello, 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 hello. How about uh, how about when I put? Did you have any picks? <laughs> Dude, that was that was like totally the thing to say too. It was. You have any picks? Like that's all that mattered. Just like. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from the same. I'm in the same area too. Isn't that a coincidence? Yeah, you live in Groveland, Florida. So do I. Any pics? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know why that cracks me up so much, but it just does. Some of the girls in the chat caught on, and they used to be like, "Well, you tell me where you're from first, because they knew if they <laughs> said they were from Groveland, then you were from Groveland also." <laughs> you're like, man. <laughs> when they caught on to it, then you're like, "Damn it." It just blew my whole program here. <laughs> oh my gosh, too funny. What is going on down in Florida? Um, you know, same as everybody else, just waiting for all this BS to be over with. They just canceled school up here for the rest of the year. Which really isn't that long, right? It's like through May. Yeah, like first week, second week of June. I feel bad for the seniors, though, you know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, senior prom, all that stuff. It's pretty, pretty bad deal. 
yeah, you don't get to do the graduation. I'm sure they'll hold that a little bit, you know, later on, but it's just all, it's all out of whack. You know, I never went to my graduation anyway. <clears throat> you didn't? No. Me neither. So we're, <laughs> look at that. I didn't yeah. go either. I, I went on vacation. And I missed it. So <clears throat> I, uh, I flew to California and uh, that's when I started staying out there for uh, stayed out there for a couple months uh, uh, working with associated and Reedy and then going to the track and doing some practice. So like soon as you, as, as soon as school was over, you already had plans to leave. Yeah, I was gone. Okay. I mean, like I wasn't even there like the last day, like oh. school, I don't think. Okay. I, yeah, like. I'm out of here. Yep, I was gone. See you, uh, losers, at later. <laughs> what was it like in school for you? Like, uh, they uh, they knew that you raced RC cars and stuff. Was it like, uh, were they interested in all that? Asking you questions and stuff. Because you had, had to be wearing couple, all the RC gear to, at the school, right? You know, not 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 a lot. No, I, I kind of I had to change because. <clears> oh, monster like, truck! You wore monster truck stuff. That was in junior high, yeah, and they oh. <laughs> started in junior high. They started making fun of me because I had. They'd say I was wearing the same Bigfoot shirt every day, and I had to tell them that yeah, I had different ones. Like I didn't. You know, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like, I have multiple ones. Yeah. So I was junior high. What'd you do in uh, high school? You know, right after that in junior high, then I had to be like, all right, then I gotta, I'm going to have to update the wardrobe. I'm going to have to pull so. out these uh, team associated shirts. No, I didn't go down that road. Hmm. Uh, I didn't, I didn't wear RC racing stuff to school. Um, wow. But I did, I did bring, I had some real, like, had a couple loser classes that I brought my RC stuff in and just started wrenching on it in class. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I just, I had the, the little two drawer associated bag that, yep. um, that was out and I brought my toolbox and some parts and my car in that thing. And I, so I had my backpack for my school stuff and then I had that little, bag with my RC stuff and I remember going into class and I just opened up the bag and I just started wrenching. <laughs> now, now the kids had to be like, what in the hell is he doing? What yeah. is that? Yeah, they. I mean, people really, they weren't that into it. There was a couple people that were, they understood and kind of because I was traveling then, you know, like I just, I think in 94 is when I started traveling with Associated and then so that so ninety five I must I was a senior I guess in school and so they knew I was um, that I would travel and I wasn't there a lot because of hmm. racing something and but you know it's not like I was really looked at as being super cool or anything but yeah I can imagine but there were some people that were into it I'd build them you know if they you know there's a couple of people I gave cars to really you know I'm like hey. Yeah, build something, give it to them. Um, so, yeah, I, it it went. Uh, 
it was good. I, I just wasn't, I wasn't interested at all in being there at school. It was a complete agony for me to go. I hated it. Wow. Uh, but, but you're like really smart and stuff. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't apply at all. I just, um, you did enough just to get by. Yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. I just, it didn't, um, yeah, it's cause I just, I just absolutely hated being there. And and you knew what you wanted to do. Yeah. And I just felt like, you know, I don't think that this is by far (laughs) any stretch, the right way to do it, but that's the way it ended up happening. And I just, I just knew I didn't want to be there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, as soon as it graduation or as soon as essentially like I thought that I didn't have to be there anymore and I could still graduate, gone. I was gone. That is interesting. I, I just uh, thought you were like a, Honor roll student, class president. No. I think that's what we all picture, right, guys? <laughs> no, not at all. Hmm. So, see, wow. That's how I... Now, like, I didn't bring my RC cars to school. I can't imagine that. Like, what was it? Study hall? Was it, like, just... No, it was an actual class. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did the teacher say? I don't know. He didn't... It was just... It was this bonehead class that I had that just... Like, so he was just like, well, eh, let Jason do whatever the hell he wants to do over back there. Pretty much. Wow. This is crazy. So you brought your associated bag, opened it up, yeah. pull your car out, start working on it. Yeah. Did you hook up a soldering iron and all this stuff? You know? No, I didn't bring a soldering iron. <laughs> Sitting there doing motors. Dido. No, but I had, you know, I had my toolbox that had all the knives and exactos and everything in it. That'd be great if you're dinoing motors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying over here. Teacher would be like trying to say something and you're just like, Rrr. ooh, the RPMs on that baby's good. A lot of torque on this one. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, I never did that. I just brought my RC car actions and and was always looking through those even during like the important classes. Yeah, I, I mean, I brought I brought the <clears throat> magazines too. Yeah, and kids were interested in them. They'd be like, "Oh wow," you know. Well, to me, yeah. what would happen is if I showed it to anybody, they would always point out the cars that were total basher, crappy cars. Yeah. They would always point out the, they're like, oh, I want this one. This is badass looking. And you're like, oh, that's a piece of junk. Yeah. You're like, you don't want that one. Yeah. That one's garbage. They're like, no way. Look at that thing. It's like, <laughs> all right. whatever. So you had a race coming up maybe. And, and you're like, you know what? I could work on this in class too. Get it done. Get it ready. Ble- yeah. Bleeding your shocks. You do all that in there? Yeah. I think I had shocks. <laughs> you this is great. Bring some new, bring some oil. <laughs> you know, dump out the old one, old oil. Yeah, rebleed them there. Hey, I need your garbage can there, Teach. What are you pouring in there? Oh, it's bad shock oil. Wow. Yeah, there was it was. It was nice to get out of there. That's for sure. 
eh, that's not what I pictured, but that that's that's yeah, we were the same. Now I, I wasn't glad to get out of there, but I, I just did enough to get by. So, and I was all into RC. So until I'd sit there read car actions and read it from front to back, back to front, keep going back to room. I had a pile of them in my bag. <clears throat> yeah, Trinity shirts, Magic Motorsports shirt. When that came out, I was in heaven. You're like magic. And it said designed by Joel Magic Johnson. Everybody's like, who's Joel Johnson? Magic Johnson? You're like, dude, he's the man. So if uh, we were in school now and got shut down early, that would have been, uh, hey, awesome <laughs> for you. Oh, dude, I'd be gone. I'd be <laughs> getting out of here I'd, in April. Awesome. I'd, I'd be uh, I'd be gone to California. Yeah. You know, back then it was a big thing to, it was a bigger thing, I think, in those days to run and practice out there than it is today because there's so many other races today. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then it was critical cause you could get out there and you could run a lot. Uh, now if you just followed the circuit, you're going to run a lot. But back then it was, it was interesting. It was good to do that because you could get a lot of track time. So you had, so you, let me just get this straight. <laughs> Maybe you mentioned that. I, so you had everything set up to, to, to work at associated then? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Reedy, Mike Reedy told me that I could come live with him and uh, just go into work at Associated with him. Wow. Uh, every day. So I did that. And uh, did that for the whole summer. And then um, my mom flew out there. Uh, towards the end, and then we all flew together to Japan for the Worlds in 95. So the idea was I'd go there, practice a little bit, work at Associated, um, and then go right to the Worlds in Japan. And so it worked out. Yeah. That worked out pretty well. Uh, I definitely got better, faster while I was out there for sure. Um, it, it didn't show a hundred percent, uh, at the worlds because, uh, it, out of the, a lot of the races I've ever ran, it's the only one that really, I think of, I mean, there's a few of course, but the, um, it's the one that I felt like there was six rounds of qualifying and they didn't do seating back then. They only, you just, they put you in a qualifier and that's where you were the whole time. So, um, I happen to be in the same qualifier with Mark Pavitas, but then a lot of drivers that really, um, just weren't world's level drivers. So I remember doing, they had a practice round of qualifying. So there's a practice round of qualifying and then six official rounds and the practice round of qualifying, I qualified seventh overall. And I had a pretty clean run. It wasn't perfect, but it was pretty clean. Mm. Um, I qualified seventh. And then after that, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, that field felt pretty good. I think I can repeat that and, you know, try to get myself, you know, in, in this thing. And I just, after that, I could never get through the traffic in our qualifier, which people, you know, there's people in our qualifier that were like two laps off the pace. Mm. 
and you'd catch up to them in certain sections and they would just take you with them. So I remember that Mark was in my race and out of six rounds of qualifying, I had no, zero clean runs and Mark had one. Mark had one that put him in the main. And then it started, and this is where being a little young, I think, you know, the first time being there is now you get into, you know, first round, something happens. You're like, okay, second round, something happens. Third round, something happens. But then it starts getting in your head that every time you get close to these guys that you're lapping, that it's not going to work. So now the frustration was really like, just getting to be too much and um yeah so it was just then pretty soon it's like the last few rounds it's like you you just it didn't feel like anything was going right because of you know mentally now you're kind of like getting beat up by this so anyway i felt like i should have been in the main there um, i felt like i was fast enough my times were good all my equipment was really good I thought I should have made the A main there in two wheel drive. And, um, and then I got to four wheel drive, which even wasn't really at the time, a great class for me. I never really ran it. And, you know, Yokomo, I was handing you a brand new car at the, the day of the, you know, the, the day between, you know, there's, there was an off day backed in between two wheel and four wheel and, Yokomo would give you a car in between those days. And that's when you built your new four wheel drive car. So we all, we all had to build a car, uh, you know, Masami and the Yokomo guys had theirs cause they were already there, but you know, we had to build ours in the day between. And then in four wheel drive, the races were five minutes. And I remember uh, running really well in four wheel and I had good qualifier this time. There wasn't really traffic and I couldn't make five minutes. Like my car would slow down a lot towards the end, which was common back then. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> and I finally, I went to Mike Reedy before the last round of qualifying. And I was like, Mike, I'm like, if you give me a better battery, I'm like, I can make the main, like, it's not like I'm not off the pace here. Like if you give me a good battery that can fit, I can finish strong. I'm like, I'll, I'll make the main. And, um, so he did, he gave me a better battery. I finished strong and I think I, I ended up qualifying 12th or something like that. And, um, and it was really close between like 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, like, you know, they're like all really close. And, but yeah, I mean, I, I, that wasn't the first run. I felt like I finished the entire world's like that. It, I wasn't in traffic with two, like the two wheel drive races. And then in four wheel, I felt like I had the battery to last five minutes strong to compete. And, and then I did, and it was pretty good, but I felt like I should have made the main in four wheel. And I was really disappointed that the, the probably the most disappointed I'd ever been in RC was at that race. <clears throat> I felt like I had put in the time and <clears throat> I was quick enough, but these guys were just a joke we were racing with <clears throat> in our qualifier. And back then the way the track was, you just you caught, caught up to them in a jump section. They'd crash and just take you. 
but you know, the two years later we ran the worlds in Pomona and then I made the main into two wheel drive, which is kind of what I thought I could do. And I was a little bit older, a little bit more prepared uh, for the ups and downs. And that made, that did make a difference. I, you know, and I, I felt like at the time I was like, you know, now I'm kind of where I feel like I need to be. And, and I didn't really think too much about the, the worlds before that anymore. But, but now when I still think about it, I'm like, I sh- should have been in the main there. You know, it's like, I look at what they did, de- you know, we debuted the B2 at that race in 95. And I was like, <clears throat> I should have been one of the guys in the main with the B2, but very, very weird. That is some wild and crazy stuff, man. <laughs> did you ever like, uh, know. so when you're like in high school, did you, I'm, I'm intrigued by this whole thing. Uh, it's just weird. Like, I, that's all I wanted to do. Well, I, just, I wanted to work, you know, in the RC industry. So when you asked, when the guidance counselor asked you, like, what you wanted to do, and you tried to explain it to him and show him photos of, you know, in RC car action, which didn't work out well, they just looked at you like, uh, I, yeah, I, what I, do you want to do for a living, sir? I, I think they would. I think they would ask, and I would tell them I wanted to be an engineer. I no, think see, you did the smart of, thing. I was just like, you know, <clears throat> but I'm sure they would probably. You know, I'd say I want to be an engineer, and they'd be looking at me like, looking at your grades, and be like, they'd looking at the grades, just going, what? Oh yeah, if I would have said that, they would have laughed. They'd be like, you haven't even, yeah, you haven't even done algebra yet, bro. You know, the, 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 the class that I liked when I got a drafting class, that was really so, um, right up your alley to me. Yeah. Like I, I got this drafting class and I was just like, man, I'm like, uh, like, you know, I'm like, we got this, you can get a case of instruments and pencils and protractors and, you know, and, uh, you know, all the different um, instruments and stuff you needed for for doing, you know, board drafting. I was just so into that. Like, that was great. Uh, that's the only class I wanted to go to. Like, I, it's like the rest of them, I was just like, like God, this is ridiculous. This yeah. This is just disaster for me. I had drafting, but I didn't I didn't do well on that. Um, I liked gym class. That was, that was, that was fun. Yeah, we did that just because it was like, you know, when we had it, it was funny, like, because I had this, my cousin was, <laughs> was basically the same age as me where I was in, uh, we had some similar classes and, uh, um, I mean, we were like inseparable for a long time, but then as you get in these other, these higher grades and I started racing and then he, uh, you, you know, you get in where you have to switch classes and you're not always in the same classes anymore. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, when we used to do the gym class, he was, he was such a funny kid and he used to tie, you know, this was the, um, the heyday of, you know, wrestling, you know, Hulk Hogan, the ultimate warrior. And he would tie those like tassels on his arms, like the ultimate warrior yeah. He would like coming, come running out of like onto into the gym with those ultimate warrior things. 
Hmm. <laughs> on his on his uh, arms, and he would just like tackle kids and freaking beat up on them. Oh man! <laughs> and he had to, you know, and he had that ultimate warrior thing going. It was just it was so funny. Hmm. Yeah, we. Had, I mean, that that was a good time. I mean, there was obviously nothing really, nothing really positive was being accomplished in there, but <laughs> at least it was at least it was funny. Yeah. Right. Right. It's pretty interesting. Our our high school days pretty much mirror each other. I was driving around in town one day here, and I forget where I was going. And uh, I very, very, very rarely see people, uh, or, or like my cousin or anybody like that. Um, and I just happened to be turning the corner somewhere, and I saw them, and and. Um, I rolled down my window. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? They're like, they're like, we're, we're, right now we're going to our high school reunion. They're like, are you, they're like, are you going? And I'm like, no, I didn't even know what was happening. And they're like, yeah, we're going. I mean, it was like the 20th or something, you know, I don't know what it is now. Right. But, um, so if it was 95, so, uh, 2005 would be, uh, 10 right yeah so it's 2015 so it must have been 2015 was the 20th yes now you're in 25th yeah technically now would be the 25th is do they do ones for 25th yeah i think they do i don't know i don't go you know the funny thing is i probably would go if if somebody like if somebody i knew like my friend kenny or somebody i'd be like yeah Maybe it's weird. I like I, I, I loved high school. I loved going. Uh, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, I don't go to the class reunions. I don't know. I just don't. I don't like being around a lot of people, especially now. Can't do it now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're fitting right in, man. I'm fitting right in. I was social distancing a long time I mean, ago. You, yeah, you've been doing that before it was cool. Yeah. All right. Who do we got coming up on the show here? Cole Tollard. Cole Tollard. I believe this is his second appearance. We'll have to ask him. <laughs> I can't remember all you guys. Uh, all these RC guys are all the same. I forget who's been on the show. Is that that's terrible, isn't it? I guess I could scroll down and look. Well, what that, I, that I have is I have a, <laughs> I have a, I have a notes on my phone where I've every anytime I think of people that we should have on the show i put their name on there and then i'll put like a thumbs up or a check mark on there like if we have done a show with them mm-hmm. so i noticed i had his name on there and it you know didn't have like a thumbs up or oh, a check wow. mark or anything so i was like and then so then i asked them and then i was talking to you and i was like you know i was kind of feeling like i'm like have we had him on the show already <laughs> i don't know i'll have to take a look and that's fine. It does sound a little familiar. <laughs> but the reason I thought of it is because he's been having such a good year yeah. with his racing. Uh, I think up until we kind of, the kibosh got put on doing more races this year, he had been to more than anybody. Him and Dakota, I think, had been to the most amount. Wow. Of... Uh, of races this year and he he's he's performed well so i think uh, should be interesting to 
to kind of, uh, you know, get his take on that. He's got some questions. He's got some good, he's got a lot of support from his, uh, from the Midwest. A lot of people like his racing and he's probably one of the nicest, easiest going kids, uh, out there that, that have been racing or that are racing right now. He's just kind of so easy to talk to and real chill. Good deal. Then we'll take a short little intermission here. Restock up on the seltzer. Okay. And when we come back, Cole Tollard will join us and we'll find out if he was on the show. We'll ask him. (laughs) Have you been on our show? Yeah. Have you been on this this pod before? Might have been one of the lost episodes, though. We did lose a bunch of episodes. uh, Sadly. Sadly. I mean, I nearly... uh, Jumped off the closest bridge to me here, but um, yeah, he, I'm scrolling down through here. Do not see that. So this it's is like good. the guy that lost all the footage on Tiger King. Oh, burnt up. Man, depressing. Uh, you know, I was depressed when that happened. Oh, yeah. Hey, Cole, how you doing? Good, yourself? All right. Gotti Jr. here with Jason Rona. What's happening, Cole? Not much. Just chilling in Wisconsin, that's all. Now, Cole, is this, is this your second time on the podcast? I believe it's my first, actually. Oh, all right. Well, we got you mixed up with someone else then. <laughs> we could have swore you were on the podcast once before, but uh, all good. Well, then uh, it's his first time, Jason. Well, we had that right. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, Cole. Thanks for having me. So what's been going on in Wisconsin? uh, I noticed you've been doing a little bit of, uh, while we're all kind of quarantined or whatever we're calling it, stay at home. Uh, You've been doing a little bit of driving with your scale enduro trucks and just trying to stay a little active, huh? Yeah, I've been running around with the crawlers and sadly now the parks are starting to close the governor's shutting them down but uh we'll try and keep it busy backyard's kind of rough so we'll probably play around back there so do you have a actually a a track you had a track in your backyard at once right we did have a track in our backyard at once but then we got pretty big into traveling and it's just so hard to maintain a track yeah, I mean, you end up working on the track more than you end up actually driving on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's what happened to me when I had a track. Like, I made a little track in my backyard. and Yeah, you find out real quick how much you like it by uh, how much you got to work on it. So let's talk to us about uh, getting started in RC since we haven't done this on the show with you before um you know when and where did you get into it and i'm pretty sure you started with a short course truck right 
It's either a stadium truck or a short course truck, but it's it's been a while and in 2004, I believe my first car was a double XT. So, so does that be your first official car then? I believe it's my first official car. I might be getting it mixed up with a Traxxas car, but I'm not not totally positive. It's been a while, so. So, how old were you in '04? You couldn't have been that old in '04. What, like six, five? Oh my God. Uh, I was four years old at that time. There you go. <laughs> wow. So you were already wheeling it four years old. Uh, I mean, that's young. I mean, that's one of the youngest I've. I mean, you don't. I mean, it's harder to start much earlier than that. Yeah, it was kind. Of, it was kind of weird because I started when I was four. Then we quit racing around like five ish because we decided to move and then we had to save up money. Then around like when I was eight years old, uh, my dad got a message from my cousin saying that he was running a oval down at our local hobby shop. And I wanted to go watch him run and I kind of got hooked from there with the Losi mini slider or mini sprint and then uh, tracks a slash. So the the slash that's where the slash kind of started to come in, huh? Yeah, I think that was around two thousand eight, two thousand nine ish. Okay, and then um, I want to say that you raced the very first uh, short course showdown at Trackside, right? Yep. So that must have been what two thousand ten, something like that. Somewhere around there. So, and you were already going, you were already driving pretty well at that time, if I remember right. I remember Paul talking about uh, your driving was pretty good even then at that kind of young age. Mm-hmm. Me and Damon had some good battles. Yeah. You know, him and I were going up at the same time, so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that how young you guys were there. I mean, what, are you about 9 or 10 by about that point? Mm-hmm. So get into, um, you know, when you started taking things a little more serious, getting into the, you know, short course racing, and then when did you get into doing the buggy racing? Um, buggy racing, probably around 2011. I did my first spectrum race now called the team associate race that track side around then with the old trusty b4 yeah then i had the sc10 four by four so it's been a while but it was those were the glory days what did you think about your first experience and you know running that race and running the buggy class how did you do and do you remember how you like what your expectation was and everything uh, first expectations going into it was just like always have fun, but at the same time, you just wanted to do good in your mains. I ran, uh, my B4 in the stock class and I ran the, my stock car in the mod buggy class. And I remember winning the H main, which I still had that plaque sitting up on my shelf for my first trophy, really. And then short course, I just sort of 
four by four short course. I just missed out on the uh, A main. I battled it out with Brian Mello from Illinois, the team manager in the Midwest. So it was pretty cool just to meet, even meet the guys like Ryan Cavallari, Brent Delkey, and now we're just best buddies. Like it's no big deal now, but like when I first started, it was a huge deal. So uh, at that point, did did Mello start kind of taking a look at you for a, a you know on the regional associated team or I mean because obviously almost making the main and four by four short course and then racing stock and mod the same weekend you being young you probably started getting a couple looks from sponsors right yeah I believe my next race I went down to the Chi Town Shootout. It's just a year after the Spectrum race, and that's where I was actually approached from Brian Mello, which was really cool just to even get approached by someone and ask about it. Uh, it felt more meaningful than actually sending in a resume. Yeah, because they were watching you and thought you deserved it. Mm-hmm. And we probably must have started sponsoring you somewhere around there. I think either between Paul or Dave Duncan or one of us uh, being involved. Yeah, it was probably a year after, I believe. I'm not totally sure who actually came up to me, but it was probably a year after. Good. So you started running some buggy. You got uh, started to, you know, get a few sponsors going. Um, you know, what did you think, uh, you know, kind of moving up the ranks and what was going on in, in, uh, in, kind of in your world in, in terms of, uh, trying to get better with RC? It was, uh, it was a big deal to get sponsored and like back one in like 2010 to 2012 sponsorships were kind of unheard of, like they weren't as big as they are now now it seems like everyone's sponsored the industry was a little bit different but uh back then it was kind of hard to move up the rankings but just kind of to take it one step at a time and during the like the midwest was hard to get sponsored it seemed like it was everyone in the west coast when we were first starting off racing but now it seems like the tables have turned. Like now you got Tom, Rinkerdink, um, Aiden Horn, the Fuller guys. There's just a whole bunch of them now from the Midwest that are getting sponsored and getting the, the getting the funds to travel to all the big races. And now it seems like the Midwest is representing really good. But just going to bigger races has really helped me develop as a driver um also again the respect from the pros like at first i was kind of nervous just to race with them but like you almost have to earn their respect to actually like just like talk to them it seems like like some of them are easier to approach than others it seemed like but all kind of deals with how you feel about it too so um, you know, like you said, it was, you know, getting a deal, getting a sponsorship was really big in those days and kind of, you know, 
know, moving up the ladder. But what did you think that was really, uh, you know, where did you, do you think, can you narrow it down to maybe when you felt like, you know, hey, I'm making kind of a big step now, finally, like I'm um, a lot more competitive. And, you know, when, when do you think that you started kind of getting into that next tier of driver? Do you know when that you think it might have was? Um, I think it was the year that I TQ'd the Reedy race. And I believe it was just four-wheel drive and I qualified second two-wheel drive. The main thing go as well as I would have liked. But when I first TQ'd that race, I think that's when the table started to change and thought that I could actually make make it to the A-Mains at Nationals or possibly World. And that summer, I actually made all three A-Mains in the mod classes, mod buggy, mod four-wheel drive buggy, and mod truck, which ever since then, I've only missed one A-Main out of the Nationals that I've gone to. So I think that's when everything started changing. Took a little bit more seriously. Like, I took it seriously back then, but now that you can feel that you can actually compete with those guys, that's when it just kind of clicked. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I, uh, I mean, one of the races that I, you know, I never really was surprised, you know, how well you were doing in 10 scale. I always watched your driving. I felt like you were doing really well. But one thing that I think was, um, surprising to me or when I thought you were achieving or overachieving was we ran the, the eight scale worlds in Vegas and um, you really had a great race there. I thought. Yeah, that was a fun race. That was the first world that I actually ever went to. I usually tend to like the rougher tracks just because that's how it is in the Midwest, but that was a, just a really fun race. I didn't feel like I had any pressure on my shoulders, so that was probably a good thing. Usually when you get pressured into stuff, it doesn't go as well, but there just seemed like more of a learning experience, but it definitely went pretty well. Yeah, what I thought, didn't you, you bump to the semi? Uh, maybe the quarter. I was okay. close to the semi. Yeah, and then you might have been in, in position to bump there and some, like, you had bumped up a lot, and then finally something kind of happened maybe in the quarter. There was something, I remember, but you were extremely competitive there, like, and you were getting faster. Mm-hmm. That's when we had the trusty old hybrid. I love that tire so much. Yeah, I mean, it was a really put it uh put it to good use there and i mean you were definitely hauling the mail on that track and um like you said it was a rough track it was bumpy and really challenging did um so kind of moving along you know we uh you went to the worlds and you know i don't want to leave out any 10 scale races but um you know we we did australia too you guys did the Mm -hmm. worlds in australia and you know, what was it like uh, doing that 
particular race. And, and uh, I mean, it was a long travel for all of us to get over there and, and compete there. Yeah, the, the first setback was the first travel days. But first off, I would still like to thank Brandon Rohde for the plane ticket and everyone that helped me get there because that was just huge. With The amount of help that we got was unbelievable just to get there. But, uh, yeah, the long flights were ridiculous. But at the same time, it was good bonding time. got to talk a lot to other racers that were on our flights. But uh, the weirdest thing was just trying to get out of the airport because the driver's side is on the different side and you had to drive on the other side of the street. Mm-hmm. So it was all messed up, but it was a good time. We had uh, Evan Vale was with us. Uh, I believe his pit guy was with us too. It was a lot of fun hanging out with those guys. But uh, Worlds in Australia was one to remember. I finished 17th overall, just missing the bump to the A with their first ever last chance qualifier. So that was a little bit different, but it was a good time battling in the semis, which I was happy that I finished there. Just wish we got a little bit higher, but it is what it is. Yeah, you battled hard there and, and, and had some great races. And if I remember correctly, where you were pitting, um, you were also around a lot of uh, some of the Australian associated drivers and you probably picked up a, a few new buddies down there uh, during that weekend, I'm assuming. Yeah, I have a lot of friends down there now. Wish I could see them more, but at the same time, it is what it is. Still get to message them every once in a while. <laughs> That's good. So, um, you know, kind of moving on a little bit to, you know, this, uh, you know, this year, which I think has really been a, a, a standout year for you, you know, even though with those great uh, 10 scale races, TQ and the Reedy race stuff you've done, but I mean, triple A mains at the nationals, but then coming into this, this year, it seems like you've really been rolling. You ran a lot of races early. I think you got four or five races in, um, by the end of February, it seems like you were already at like four or five races. Yeah. This year going to college, I have a little bit more free time just because I don't have classes on Friday now, but it's give me a little bit more free range of the races that I want to go to. There's still some other races I want to go to, but sadly the virus had to happen, but, um, yeah, it's been good results this year. Haven't ran really much any a scale. I would like to run more a scale, but, but the snow that we had and that's all melted now, we could uh, start running some A-scale now. Just have to put the cars back together. So uh, let's let's start at the beginning of the year. And what was your first race of the year? And uh, I believe it was CRC. And uh, I want to say that you got what, second and two-wheel there, second or third? Yes, second and two-wheel. And then just a bad it being day for four-wheel. 
so talk about the two-week performance. I mean, second, <laughs> I mean, um, you know, Dakota, I remember Dakota actually was the winner there. He had a, uh, outstanding weekend, but, but then, uh, you know, in the mains, you got rolling in the mains and then you got, uh, a, you know, probably one of your best finishes, you know, with everybody, um, uh, that was in attendance. So what was it like running those mains and finally, you're kind of battling all the all the hero drivers and having to take those chances of <laughs> getting into a few people and and uh, mm-hmm. holding your own, right? Yeah, yeah. The mains one really good for two wheel. It was pretty cool just to race with the guys and be more competitive. I know I had the speed all weekend. I focused a lot on my tire program. Since we ran slicks, it was kind of tricky because you had to find the transition when the old the slick would get old and then it would get really wishy washy. So then you had to put a new set on. So it was probably three or four runs on them. But then I had to help out the teammates that didn't have tires, so I give my old sets up to them, and they did well as in their mains as well. But uh. The mains were super close there. They didn't have any curbing on it. So if someone were to grab the pipe, you were basically trying to dodge them or you were going to hit them, which really was hard to race on. But the track was super flowing. It was really fast. But uh, had a lot of grip. That's probably the most grip I've been on in a long time for 10 scale. So there we focused on the longer arms in the rear of two-wheel drive, which really helped around the around the corners. And I did a lot of testing back at trackside, really focused on that to get the car set up. And that was kind of game on from there. Yeah, so obviously the the great finish there. So and then it came right back. A um, couple other races happened pretty quick. Tell us about the 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 next couple races that came up after that because I, th- I thought you were running pretty well all the way, you know, January and February. Mm-hmm. So the next race was Smack Track, I believe. And I finished second mod two wheel with the chance to win, but with some unfortunate luck had to settle it for a second, but it was really close. Dakota and I had a good battle. Drain Stalvin and I had a good battle. That track is a super tough to run on, just get so tight, but super fun. Brought me back to when I first started watching videos of Brian Kimwald and them race that kind of brought me back to when they raced because the track was just so small and how the jumps are made but then four wheel didn't go as well been working on that car a lot but uh just couldn't find any steering that weekend but had to settle for a seventh place finish i believe it's still a solid weekend not what you want but it happens the next race after that one was Motorama. Had a missed practice round number one just because we were flying in early because of school and all that had to go by. So, But uh, AJ Marasco hooked me up with some good selection of tires with the green 
ellipses and green triple Bs on Chuggy. I ended up TQing both of those and winning them in the AAA main, so it was pretty cool for the first time actually running the running the A scale side at Motorama. But it's been a pretty solid year. Yeah, and I think oh in you know, in the past you've ran ten scale there and you've always done pretty well there in ten scale. I think you've you have you've won there a class or, or two before, right? Mm-hmm. And then going over to eight scale, yeah, I was a little concerned. Like when AJ and Fred, they're kind of like, "Yeah, we think you know Cole's going to miss the first practice," and you're like, you're "Like, man, they don't really get a lot of practice there. That might kind of hurt." And then all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh yeah, he top seated." I was just like, "All right." <laughs> it's like, well, I guess things are going pretty good. Yeah, it's always tough with school and just trying to get out. At- the right time just to make it to all the races. I mean, last year for Smack Track, I didn't show up till the first qualifier practically. I spent all morning practicing. I was the only one on the track because it's only had it for people that didn't practice on Friday. So, and you got your stuff working really well. You, um, <clears throat> you know, between the the two t- uh, tire combos, you ended up running with there. Um, I, I believe you were. Uh, won two mains in one of the classes, and then he went to a third. I think it was Truggy, maybe. Or I can't remember which one went to a third main. Maybe maybe Buggy. Yeah, I think it was Buggy, but Truck, I got it wrapped up in two. So, um, kind of mo- moving on here, was there any other races uh, since then? Well, there was the Reedy race. We got in there. That was a, that was a tough one. Um you know, he was kind of sandwiched in between all those events. and But it was still probably a solid weekend for you, right? It was a good weekend. I was looking for a little bit more with all the confidence from CRC. But just luck didn't go our way. Got caught up in a lot of crashes early on. Both the heads up racing and the invite, it's just hard to catch up. You're racing with the best in the world. You almost have to expect the worst. But... You don't want to, but it is, it's still a good time. Get out of Wisconsin, enjoy some nice, warm California weather. In January, right? <laughs> yeah. So as far as, um, you know, kind of moving in, in your racing career, you know, before, you know, we got a decent amount of questions here for you, which is kind of nice. So I'm trying to get to those, but um, I think, you know, through all your racing and kind of moving into the next step, you know, you're in college now, you're in school, but what's, um, you know, what impact, you know, kind of has your, your family had on your racing kind of keeping you in this and then moving forward, you know, what's, what are kind of the goals in RC? Goals? Well, I'll catch on the goals for RC first. So I want to keep on doing RC as long as I possibly can. But uh, it would be cool to actually get a job in the industry. So right now I'm going for a machine tool and die, which is basically CNC. You can do molds, different machining parts. Um, I do some manual lathes, manual mills. 
So I'm on that all day, doing some machining stuff. I'd love to start making parts for cars or even for like a company. I know mm -hmm. tire manufacturers use them, so that'd be pretty cool. But uh, goals for RC, I still want to keep on going to the nationals and making the main. Hopefully one of these years I can actually be a national champion, but sometimes it's not what it's meant to be. Um, make a, a main at a world would be cool. So I still got a lot of dreams of doing a lot of stuff. We'll just see if it all happens. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this is kind of, you know, you're, you are, let's say, peaking, but you're getting to the point where you're racing with the guys you need to race with in order to win. Um, you know, mm -hmm. there's one thing, one thing to just make the main and you're racing for 8th, ninth, and 10th, but when you're in um, top three in qualifying and then you're racing with the Dakotas, the Mayfields, the Spencers, and Ty Tessman, those are the guys you're going to have to race with. Um to be able to get a win at one of these things, right? Yeah, those are the guys that you always see at the top. It's been an honor just to even race with them at the few events that I have. But it's just, it's been a cool experience. I, I don't regret doing RC at all. I mean, what do you think, you know, what is it about these guys? Obviously, they have a lot of experience now, too. I mean, you got a, a good amount, too. But why, why do you think these same guys... I, I don't know if it's dominate, but but in a way they do kind of dominate. You know, there's the same kind of group of guys that it's really hard to break into that group of guys. And do you see anything with them when you're racing and stuff that you've picked up on that you're you're like, man, this this these guys just they got it, and this is what they're doing different. Or mm, I haven't really seen a whole lot of stuff what they do. I know they they put a lot of laps in, a lot of test laps. They're just always running. There's no break. Like Spencer and Mayfield, they go to tracks together, they test together, which is good. They have some feedback between those two, but then they also get feedback from the companies that they race for. But uh, I don't know. This is a hard one to say just because it kind of, they all kind of hang out together too, which yeah. I find interesting. No, that's yeah, those guys, a hard one to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I got my own, I got some of my own theories too, but yeah, it, it is difficult. Um, and and then they do seem to have a little bit of a stranglehold on that, that the, the top the upper echelon. But um, I, I would say what I've noticed is there was a time where. Um, it was very easy for them to get first, second, or third. It was, it was like a horrible weekend was like third. Mm -hmm. um, and this was like probably going in talking more about both Ryan's and Tebow. I think there was a time period, like a, maybe a five-year window where, I mean, those guys were one, two, three, almost every single race. And um, it's funny because it's like, how can all these guys race so much together? And and they still, some way or another, it always kind of shakes down where they're one, two, three. Just kind of like the order was uh, 
changed a little bit, but you know, it's what I've noticed is they're still very successful. All those guys, a few people have come into the mix, but it's not as easy as it used to be. Um, you, you know, before it was almost like a bad weekend was a third, but now a bad weekend, like you said, uh, you know, you could slip to seven or eight pretty easily. Uh, bad mm-hmm. starting, bad starting position, a um, couple bad breaks in the main. And before that would never happen. So I think there are some young guys out there making up some ground on all these guys. Um, they still, when they have their act together, I think they're still very good and very tough to beat. But that that gap is a little narrower than it used to be, um, which I think, you know, you got guys like yourself and you got um, other racers that they're slipping into those gaps here and there, which I think it's good. I think you guys are, um, you know, and then you get, you gain the respect of these guys on the track, which it sounds like, you know, based off of your, your year so far, you've been getting some more of that respect from those guys. Right. Yeah, it's been super nice, and they've been really nice to me and the other guys that have been going into those tracks, like you said. But now that I kind of brought that up, that they all hang out together, I think that five-year period when they were all dominating, they were just feeding off of each other. They were, they were getting faster off of each other's taste, and I think that's why they're still so dominant, just because they could compete at different levels, but yet they could follow people till they make a mistake. They know when someone's going to make a mistake. It just, they work, they got faster by watching others by driving behind them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And then I guess part two there, we'll just, um, kind of give a little, um, you know, talk about your kind of your family's influence and your dad doing so many of these races with you and a lot of wrenching too. And, you know, I notice he races and does quite well when he, uh, he does his own racing. So what's it like kind of having the support of not only the family, but you have a lot of support the the Midwest. They, they, they really take ownership of you guys. And when you guys travel and do well, man, they really get behind you. Yeah. The Midwest has been really, really good to me like i said i can't thank them enough they've helped me go to so many races but it's cool to get support from those guys just uh know that you're actually wanted at the track and not some big shot that no one wants to hang out with like i don't want anyone to be like that but uh yeah my dad coming along to all these races has really helped just being a farm boy out here, I don't really have anyone to hang out with. So hang out with my dad, some friends from school, but not a whole lot. So having him there to support all the races has been good. Mom, sometimes it comes along, not all the time, but she likes the warmer climate stuff. I don't blame her, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the nitro races with dad working on the nitro engines and that it's helped kept me uh calm when i need to dry well so it's been a good time uh my whole family's been around racing uh, my uncle owned the at the local track 
in Oshkosh, Wisconsin here for big cars for late models and that. So we did mud rigs when I was younger with our own mud truck. So our whole family's been in the racing. It's been a good experience. So, uh, Gotti, can you take a look here, see what we got for some questions? I know there's pretty active here, people asking quite a few questions. Yeah, we, we have a question here from somebody you might know, uh, Jim Tollard. <laughs> and he says, uh, we've been lucky enough to travel around the world racing together. What was your most memorable moment? And then there's other questions. I know, I know Dad's brought this up a couple of times. But he's really enjoyed going down to Texas, and we had just a day to chill out after the A-Scale Nationals last year. Well, we just kind of talked about the event and how it went and what we should have changed in that. Because we had some troubles in the pits, but now I think we got to figure it out for this year. But just getting to hang out with my dad been a pleasure i know we watched the movie rocket man when we were down there hmm. and it was really fun just to hang out with him that day but worlds was probably another good memory that i had with him just traveling around the world i would have never thought i would have reached that far in the rc industry yeah yeah definitely uh what what, what would you say your favorite race is my favorite race would probably be Motorama. Yeah. Just because it's not just because of the race itself is the car shows going on. You got crawlers going around. There's just so much more to do. Arena cross, just not one thing to go for. You have multiple things. Right. And you have a lot of people watching your race too coming through yeah which helps the industry out too yeah get people into the hobby no yeah. uh pops says here what is your bucket race you'd like to go to that you haven't yet i'd like to go to a 110 scale world electric mm -hmm. just because i haven't gone to one yet qualify and be in it not just go right Mm-hmm. And what is your plans for the future? You have to answer this like carefully because now because Pops is listening. <laughs> I would like to keep on racing, but at the same time have a job in industry. That's kind of why, I, or that is why I'm going to school. Um, hopefully I could get a job in industry, but at the same time, if it doesn't happen in industry, is going to be fun just doing actual work. I know that sounds kind of goofy, but at the same time, I really enjoy what I do at school. Mm -hmm. Even at the same time, I like going to the track and hanging out with basically my second family. I think that leads into our next question. Uh, this is from Top Fan, Jason, Top Fan on Radio Impound Podcast page, Will Britton. <laughs> He's the top fan. He's top earned a wheelie. <laughs> he's he's earned a badge, <laughs> and he is proud of it. Anyway, Will, Will Britton says, uh, "What have you been learning in trade school 
and what projects are you working on? So I've been working on uh, manual lathe, like speeds and feeds, been making some crake handles, some vice stops. Hmm. Now there's a lot more stuff, but I just can't remember the name of it. But manual mills, now me and the CNC machines with the Haas, the Mazax. So a lot more stuff to go on. I still got another year to go. Then I'll be on the CNC stuff. But uh, the virus has sadly made this process a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, next question here is from Jason Chenard. Now, I hope I got that name right because um, Jason called me out. I uh, pronounced his name wrong on the last episode, I believe. Totally butchered <laughs> it. And he messaged me and said, look, man, what's the deal here? This is how you say it. You know, he I'm like, gee, man, sorry. <laughs> anyway, so let's see if I got this right because he spelled it out. Jason Chenard. So uh, if I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure he'll message me and uh, throw it down on me here. Anyway, uh, with most of the tracks closed down to the virus, have you and your dad thought about building no prep drag cars? We've talked about just because my uh, grandpa's big into the street outlaws on uh discovery channel i believe but uh we we talked about it. now that ae's got uh drake Carway, we might possibly get one of those soon uh gregory asked is rc racing professionally your dream job or is there something else you wish to achieve and you were just talking about that briefly but um that is your dream job rc racing professionally that would be a dream job, but even working in the industry, not racing it, but just working in the industry would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some fun questions. Uh, Adam says, who snores louder, you or your dad? And he says he knows the answer. Yeah, it's my dad. I can't <laughs> stand it sometimes, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt Wilbert says, which man van do you like better, 1.0 or 2.0? And then your dad pops in here and says, <laughs> we're up to the 3.0. Yeah, 3.0 is probably the best so far. Besides <laughs> the door, the door can be finicky sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where Hunter steps in and says, uh, hey, Matt, do you think the 3.0 would have a properly functioning door? <laughs> Yeah, Hunter would know from our CRC trip. Um, Dirtoval asks, which do you prefer, mod sprint or mod buggy? That's a hard one to say, just because I had a blast that weekend when I ran mod sprint. I'm going to go for mod buggy, though. That's my main main thing. Okay. Um, here's another fun question for you. Hunter Parsons. What is your secret to keeping an air mattress filled for a long <laughs> racing trip? Toledo! <laughs> some tire glue definitely helps and some racing duct tape. Oh, tire glue and duct tape. I have those, Jason, but I don't use them for the air mattress. All right, um, Almond <laughs> McLean, uh, what is your favorite racing quote? 
No. That one I'm not too sure on. I know Tail Digging Nights had some good ones. But uh, probably Cold Trickle, go out there and hit the pace car is a good racing quote. <laughs> you hit everything else out there. That is a good one. That's the first thing I ever remember. Uh, one of the f- things I remember about Paul Wynn, the first time I ever saw him at a race, was he was yelling that at his dad while his dad was <laughs> racing. He's like, hit the pace car, dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Chris asks, tool, uh, the tool in your pit box you can't leave home without. Mm, probably my 2.0 <clears throat> MIP wrench. Okay. That seems to be a popular answer for that question. Yeah, I think there's the the practical, like you have to have it sort of answer. And then there's like, you know, kind of like fun goof around answer a little bit. bit. But yeah, that's the serious one for sure. I mean, it's you can't do anything without a 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then second part of his question maintenance task you dislike the least or put off and which do you find is the easiest or that is so, your one that I one that I dislike is putting 500k in the center disc with the B74 <laughs> just gonna take so long but uh, the easiest is probably Shock oil. I'm not so good at building a ball disc. Easy as shock oil, huh? Just changing it out, yeah. Yeah. All right. Used to hate that man. Oil getting everywhere, and <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what, what's your specialty in maintenance? You would say probably shock probably oil. Probably rebuilding then. shocks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rebuilding shocks. Wow. Um, I forget where I left off here now. Oh, Kyle Predmore wants to know how awesome is the element? It's a pretty good car. I I enjoy driving it. Pretty durable too. Have you been putting it through the paces? Yeah, I actually hit some mud last weekend with it. Survived that so. Uh, second part of his question. Also, when do you guys think Roar will offer a tent scale carpet off-road nationals in addition to dirt similar to... Oh, wait a minute. In it? Okay, so the first part. Uh, do you guys think Roar will offer tent scale carpet off-road nats? Jason? I don't know if they will or not. Just because there's just so many races. Yeah, I I totally think that that's... You don't think they'll do it? What's one more added well, to this whole bunch? What I th- what I think what I think is probably more reasonable is just just having one of the nationals would be on carpet. You know, like it's to me, it's just another surface we race on, and That's true. you know, you just you just know ahead of time that oh hey, this Nats is going to be on carpet, or you know, so you prep for a carpet race. And I mean, to me, it's just like another surface. I don't think you need two nationals. I don't really think it. To me, it doesn't make any sense, but that's just me. So one year dirt, next year carpet. <clears throat> Ironically, we have two series for dirt in uh, 
you know, we have a dirt series and we have a carpet series, but, um, but we do that more for locations, you know, to get more locations in on the, on the events and the action. But, um, but for Roar, I think it'd be pretty easy to just say, Hey, this, this year's going to be on carpet or, you know, something like that. All right, last fun one here. Matt Miller wants to know strawberry milk or chocolate milk. Laughing out loud. Chocolate milk. Chocolate milk for the win. Yeah. You know, coal doesn't go without that chocolate milk very long. I I don't know. Um, (laughs) It's like there's not much you can do without being like, I don't know what the right word is. Like, it's not harassed, but it's. Like for some reason, everybody knows that you like that, and it's like you have to go through the questions or the, you know, oh, you got your milk now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's always been a thing is chocolate milk. What brand? Um, uh, so Quick Trip, which is a gas station up here. Is really good. It's called Nature's Touch. It's the oh, green cap. It's super good. All right. Uh, so if you had to choose, that's the good one. One hundred percent, the good one. So John Bolton says. So growing up in the Midwest has been in the past a handicap, and being a fast guy in RC with all the fast people coming from the warmer climates. It would now seem the mid- Midwest is the hot spot for up-and-comers. Why Why is that today? I just feel like there's a lot more Midwest support. A lot, a lot more people are traveling. I'm not, not uh, too sure why the West Coast, there isn't any new drivers coming up. I mean, there's a couple, but not like what there was a couple years ago. Um I know Jason and I talked about that a little bit earlier, but it is kind of a hard topic to even talk about, I guess. I I just think that nobody on the West Coast wants it right now. There's no new people getting into it that have the desire and the um, the what it takes to get to that next level. I mean, we, we have people out there that they're kind of – that are the promising, the, the promising drivers that are getting better. They're running stock in seventeen five and and stuff. So I think, um, you know the, you know right now there's a little shift to the you know the, to the guys uh, in in the Midwest. It seems to be these guys are grouping together. Uh, they're practicing together, like Cole talked about, and getting better together. And it's starting to become, um, starting to show. And Jason, you mentioned, uh, you shared the post that uh, you were going to have Cole on the show. And you mentioned that mm-hmm. CFT is in the virtual house. Mm-hmm. And Mike Gilson wants to know what CFT means. Now I don't know if I should say it. You can say it. It's okay. <laughs> I think we know what it means. Right. And I then we'll just assume. And then Greg Dagani says, Who? Who's going to be on the podcast? Yeah. Cole Tollard? Who? 
A little disrespect there. Greg's I was disrespecting everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'm not exactly sure who he thinks is good, to be honest with you. <laughs> I I think that he I think if you if you told him, hey, I think Masami Hirosaka is a great driver, he'd probably be like, Who? Oops. Like, how did he ever do an eight scale? I'm sure to, I, he I, he's kind of a guy that um, he's old he's old school, not as old school as me, I guess. But um, but he's a little bit after that, and just kind of seems to think that if you can't race with the Europeans in eight scale for sixty minutes, then you're not a good driver. That's his like um, uh, that's his standpoint. Which, you know, like the other day, he was saying, he, we were I was just talking about this with Spencer. Was they were they were um, they were trying to make fun of him, uh, or Degani was trying to make fun of Spencer because he's trying to race. He tries to race eight scale, and I'm like, well, I'm like, he is a two time Roar National Champion, and he got, and he's got a second and third to go along with his two, and he's and then, you know, Greg's just like that still wasn't enough for him. I'm just like, dude, you don't, I'm like, it's like, you, you don't know who, you don't know, you're not giving anybody any credit. Hey, Greg's bringing a show lack of respect for anyone. Everybody. Yeah, he's confident in himself. Yeah. Gotta respect that. Yeah. Pretty sure if he raced Cole and eight, eight scale, Cole would lap him about three times. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Damn. I don't think he realizes how much uh, work is put into everything to even win a national title. Oh, man, this is turning into Bash Greg. Greg, this, this, yeah. the, the role reversed <laughs> on us here, Greg. That's right. Oh, my God. Hey, if he's, if he's going to bash on everybody, right? Mm. Man, poor guy's not here to defend himself. Yeah, he's he's a mess. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. Real, move on. Move he's on. A, he, he's he's a Greg. Funny, I'm on your side. He's a he's actually <laughs> a really funny guy. But yeah, that's his standpoint. Okay. It's eight scale, sixty minute races in in Europe. That's that's his respect. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the question, Greg. You know, my respect is for the guys that can run all the different cars at a high level. That's where my respect is. Joel Magic Johnson. Yeah. Guys like Cole, you can race your eight scale. You can race your 10 scale. Tell me what race I'll go there. Prep do well. Those are the guys that to me, um, upper echelon drivers. Now, Cole, you said you started when you're four years old. Who, who actually, like, how did you get in though? Like who got you involved in RC? Like who showed you an RC car and you fell in love with it? My, uh, Dad was really big into it when he was younger. Oh, okay. He had uh, local sponsorships from hobby shops, and he traveled around Wisconsin, not so much what we do now. But it was always his dream to go around racing. So I think I just kind of followed his footsteps, and we started really young. And I had that break, and then we went back at it. And we are here now. So Yeah, that's awesome. Man, I, I thought I was young when I started. Old, four, yeah. four years old is, um, 
is amazingly young. I know Dakota started early. I think he was like five when wow. we talked to him, five or six. Mayfield was six when he started. Um, what really kind of strikes me a little bit is, you know, Mayfield's son is is about one years old or a little older. I can't remember right now, but it's like going out judging by that. It might not be that long before he's trying to drive. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, if you go by Cole, he's only, you know, less than three years away from, from trying to do some running. Man, four years I old. I can't wait. I don't even know if I was, wa- would I be walking by four? Yeah, I guess I would be walking by four. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, obviously, you didn't know what you were doing, though. I mean, you had the car at four. You probably just bashing it into the wall, or the, you know. I mean, you weren't racing, racing. No, I I only raced. I got my first one when I was four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's great having you I on the show. Anyway. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is crazy. That's crazy. Or does that, any video of you out there? Like, did your dad no, film? Sadly, we don't. Yeah. Well, then it didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> Maybe she just told me I won and I believed it all these years. Hey. I was running around a little RC car in my kitchen, but I wasn't four years old. Jeez. <laughs> Alright, I'm impressed by that. Anyway. What else you got, Jason? Uh yeah, I just want to thank Cole for the support. Uh him and his dad are always super professional at the races and uh, obviously really doing a good job for everybody. We appreciate him coming on the show and, um, just representing, you know, the best he can all the time. It's always, it's always fun to, to check in with you guys. Yeah. Thank you, Jason, for all the support that you've given me throughout the years, getting me to the races, uh, Gotti for having me on. It's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. Yeah. No, and, that- and, and real quickly, just give us a rundown of uh, of your sponsors and any anybody you'd like to thank specifically, and then we'll we'll call it good. First and foremost, I'd like to thank my family. Um, Mom, Dad has been a big support. Grandma, Grandpa, uh, Team Associated, J Concepts, Reedy, CP Power Master, Nine Two Zero. Um, Gravity RC. No, there's a lot more. Just trying to figure out Sirius Designs. Uh, DRC. If I had my shirt here, I would just read off of that, but I don't. <laughs> Backside Hobbies. And everyone else that I probably forgot. I know Zach Rose had to have been big, big helps at the local hobby store. Just setups, Jamie at trackside. There's just the list keeps on going on and on. But I appreciate everyone. You know, one thing I was going to ask you quickly was, you said you've uh, you've been doing a little bit of uh, practice painting, RC painting, and uh, tell us, uh, man, what's it like to do some painting? I mean, airbrushing, I guess. Painting isn't too bad. My first two buys turned out all right. Sadly, uh, my painter 
he was in school, so he actually had time to paint all my bodies, but now he's a full-time police officer. So he's been really busy. So I decided to try and start painting my own bodies. They might not turn out the best like he had them, but we're, we're getting there slowly but surely. The key is to always back your colors first, and I found that out pretty quick. So did you you cut your first you cut your design and then you started your paint? Are you using tape or liquid mask? I'm using liquid mask. Okay. And uh, so then you you drew your design on the outside, then you uh, made your cuts. Mm-hmm. What's the you finding anything that's more important over over others? What's the key? (laughs) Well, the key is to just take your time and not rush things. Always make sure everything is dry, first of all. Uh, The first big key, I would say, for first-time painters is have enough liquid mask on the body before you cut it out. Mm -hmm. Easier to cut then. Uh, At least do five or six layers. I know that's a lot from... The experienced painters say three to four, but I would say five to six to start off with. Um, then after that, always make sure you draw pretty well on the outside, just so you know where to go for your knife. Um, always lay down your darkest color first, too. Mm-hmm. And then if you always have a neon color, go down first. Always back it before you do your other neon color. That's all I really got <laughs> so far. Okay. Good tips. And that's all I got for right now. We'll find out uh, this weekend. I'll do a couple more, I think. So are you actually, are you kind of enjoying this right now? Yeah. In uh, high school, I used to be pretty arts and crafts or into arts and crafts a lot. So I kind of thought I would give it a shot and see how it go. And right now I'm enjoying it. I know when uh, times get busy, when racing picks up again, I don't know if I'll be enjoying it as much just because it takes a lot of time. But we'll see. I give a lot of credit to all the painters out there because it does take a lot of time. There's a lot of effort that goes into painting. I don't think people realize it. I didn't realize it until I started painting mine. So. Then you're just like, wow. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. It looked so good when they painted it, but when I did it, it just didn't turn <laughs> out as great. I did okay with some uh, some of the paint work that I tried. Um, I could do the line paint jobs. I used to, you know, we used tape back. I used tape back then and I mean, I painted my very first bodies that I raced with, and um, but because I was used to doing a little bit of painting. But then I got an airbrush, and I just had that. When you said the patience part of it, that is everything. Yeah. Um, like um, at the shop here, we got Fred and Paul who can who paint well. Um, they're both good, good painters, good detailers, but and that's probably the number one thing that they have is a lot of patience. 
Yeah, I mm-hmm. have zero. I could never do it. Oh, man. <laughs> I was bad at that, man. I was bad. Like, you know, even today, like, it's like, I. it's hard for me to paint a one color body. Like, I'm like, I'm wanting to rush that thing. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it's like, all right. I'm like, it's just one color. Like, you know, it's just one color. Just... But it's like, you know, I'll, I'll do a, you know, a light coat first. And then I'm thinking, you know, like two minutes later, I'm checking on it already. <laughs> yeah. Cause you got to oh wait till it totally dries, another, right? It's like, oh, I'll throw another coat on it, you know? <laughs> and then, then, screw like, it up. then one minute later, I'm like, all right, let's just finish this thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what and, I would be like. Yeah. <laughs> and with a, you know, when I had the airbrush, or experimented with the airbrush when I was a kid. I tried to paint half of my body. I was so impatient. For I don't remember why I tried to do that. I think the only one I ever, I when I very first got an RC10 GT, the thing that when it got shipped during the holidays, I got an RC10 GT, and they, um, you know, it came with the clear body, and I knew if I wanted to run it this. The, right away I, I needed to uh, I needed to have a body so I tried airbrushing the thing and and it looked so bad and I like tried to do my paint job too and it just turned out like crap and then I, I traded my airbrush for a, uh, a temp gun Oh, okay. some guys like hey I got a temp gun you want to trade your I'm like yeah done <laughs> I don't care if the temp gun don't work. I'm like, this isn't for me. Airbrushing's got to be a pain, though, isn't it? But I love painted bodies. To me, I'm still like a little kid. Like, if I'm getting painted bodies coming in, I'm just like, I can't wait to see them. I'm like, I'll just look, I'll stare at them. Like, I just, it's almost like I collect the damn things. Right. Yeah. Now, the airbrush is really difficult, right? It's it's a whole process, right? You got to clean it and all this other stuff afterwards. Yeah, you gotta clean it every time when you change colors. And, and that's another thing that didn't really work well for me. Like I didn't, you know, I was trying to rush that. It was like, man, I just <laughs> and you can't. It's yeah. just a big. I think the 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 big uh, the guys that paint a lot have multiple airbrushes. Okay. Um, and or they'll a uh, paint you know, some guy that has like six bodies that are the same, he'll paint all six together. So he's doing like, for me, it'd be like, Oh, you do all the blue first, then you do all this first. And so every time you clean your, your airbrush or whatever the case may be, uh, um, every time you clean it, you know, you're onto another stage for all the bodies. But I don't know if, if Cole's painting multiple bodies yet for yourself, but, not yet, just single ones till I get the the gist of it down. And it's and, and, I, and I'm so picky too. So it's like I know I suck at painting, or I don't have the patience for it. I think I could do it. I, I have I'm I'm detailed, and I'm particular about what I'm doing. So I think I could do it well. The problem is is just the patience part of it. That is huge. Jason, you and you gotta do. You have to do a video of you airbrushing a body. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, I, I want to see that so bad. It'd be great. It'd be awesome. 
You got to do that for your YouTube channel. <laughs> Please. We'll I show you it. how not to do it. Because it took you, what, a uh, half hour to show how to glue tires? Or what was it? No, cut a wing out, right? No, no, no. That was the tire mount. Oh, it was the tire. <laughs> the video, yeah, the, the video is like 30 minutes to do a tire mount. Right. And, so it's got to take um, you like a... T- I don't even know how long it would take you to do this airbrushing multiple video. Days. Multiple Probably. days. Multiple days. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for part two. Oh, man. That'd be so awesome. All right. Well, there you have it. Cole, we really appreciate you being on the show. And uh, Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. yeah. Again, see that? Again. I think we did have him on the show <laughs> once before, Jason. He must have been on there one other time. <laughs> <laughs> uh you're welcome back anytime anytime so and he's got a new sponsor now too right he has a new sponsor too radio impound podcast i'll shoot you out the contract over you know send it out to you here soon <laughs> they can do that yeah we, we we don't do nothing for you but uh we just require you to run the logo <laughs> all right <laughs> emotional support there. yeah it's emotional support we'll we'll pump you up and stuff like that so <laughs> Sounds cool. All right, man. Karma. Yeah, karma. So we hope you stay safe out there. Hope the family and everybody stay safe and everybody gets back to racing soon and uh, kicking some ass. So Yeah, you guys stay safe as well. All right, Cole. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon, guys. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. Bye-bye. Thanks to Cole. That was fun. Yeah, I got a little bit of everything in there. Learn how to paint. Um, yeah, that is good. I, um, we haven't had a painter on the show, have we? Well, actually, I was actually thinking about that while we were talking about that. <laughs> I was like, you know, I go, we need to have a painter on here. I think it'd be kind of neat. And and it's kind of funny as a lot of these guys have um, some of the craziest uh, personalities to these painters. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, sometimes it won't come off like that, but they're always a little, um, I don't know what the right word is. They're a little ornery sometimes. Okay. Well, that was good. What was that, episode 208? 208. And in case you forgot what you're listening to, this was the Radio Impound Podcast. What was the recording date on that? Oh, yes. Uh, April 9th, 2020. And as of right now, it's approximately, it's, uh, well, not approximately, it is 7.32 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's see how fast I can get this uploaded. The clock is ticking. It is already. (laughs) Just turn that hour class over. Yeah. All right. You guys know the drill. Go over to jconcepts.net, show them some love. Everything's still, uh, everything's going well down there. Everything's operating. You haven't uh, been Uh, shut down. Well, yeah, we got a stay-at-home order here in oh, Florida. Okay. So we got we got guys working from home and doing as much as we can. And, but it's going okay. Yeah. All right, everybody's safe. Um, you know, you guys were talking about, uh, you know, how, you know, you, you have to do your own airbrushing. Yeah, Cole had to do his own airbrushing and stuff because uh, his uh, uh, painter is a full-time cop now. Well, anyway. Here, we have the stay-at-home stay order also, and non-essential businesses are not supposed to be open, and one of those non-essential businesses is a barbershop. Mm-hmm. So I may need, if this, the rumor is this may go 
a lot longer than April 30th, I may need to uh, try and cut my own hair. I think a lot of people are in that. Um, <laughs> they're in that situation. I think, I think they are. I have to go, you know, buy. I don't have much hair up there, but I mean, I need to go get a shaver. And I'm going to need to try and tempt this. This might be the time where you just go with the, the slick look. The slick look. Just, just slick back there like Pat no, Riley? No, no, no. Just, no, cut it all off like bald head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe throw some uh, goop up there and just slick it back like Riley. Just do a Riley slick. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm almost there anyway. I guess it wouldn't hurt to just, you know, take the razor to it. But, yeah, uh, just just go to just, just go straight to that. Right. Go to the go right. to that look. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. I hope everybody stays safe out there. Hope you enjoyed the episode with Cole Tollard. That was all, that was a good one. Got a lot of good questions in for him. And uh, everybody, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next one. See you guys.